Oh, hi, I'm Holly. <laughs> and I am Danielle, and you're listening to the Spooky Hour. Uh, and as you could tell, we're having a time already. <laughs> I struggled so my my laptop just shit this like shit itself. It's just like I'm not working today, so we thought it was hilarious. Uh, mood today also. I feel like I did so many things today and yet nothing at all. Right? You know those days like, I feel like nothing got done, but I'm exhausted. It's like that's like every day, especially Fridays. Yeah. 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 I literally I got so frustrated for the last half hour of my shift today that I just sat and read a catalog. Yeah, fuck that. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not working. Yeah, I just, I can't do it anymore, man. Not worth it. Uh, well, hi. Hi, friends. I don't think I have anything to talk about this week besides. I have nothing except that I literally just impulsively emailed about adopting a cat. Oh my god, yeah. That's it. A hairless cat. A hairless cat. I don't, I, I doubt it'll go through just because it, it seems like she needs, like, extra care. Yeah. But, like, they never go up for adoption, so I was like, I have to at least try yeah you know how many cool sweaters we could get that cat absolutely and she's like she's 11 years old and she was neglected by her last owners and she just looks so sad but her description says she's still like super cuddly and just wants to sleep beside you and all that and i was like fuck you're like (laughs) i am gonna try fuck so like yeah we'll see i i might i think i'm gonna fill out the application just to see what happens worst case i don't get a cat best case i do get a cat I think that I don't need. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm like, where the fuck are you gonna put this in your parents' I, basement? Or I always say my loving arms. Okay, that's that's actually a good one. I like that. I'm using that excuse for the rest of my life. <laughs> Every time I find an animal, where I'm like, Carl, can we have this? He's like, where are you gonna put it? I'm like, my loving arms. Duh. Gosh. But I'm I'm gonna be honest and be like, so I'm probably gonna keep it at my mom's house. But we're trying to find a house. But we live in Ontario, so. Do with that what you will. <laughs> I feel like in applications, they should, like, take in consideration that the housing market is a complete shit show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, like, I can't buy a house. <laughs> I've been trying. But it's just, like, every time we set, like, a number for our down payment and we make it, it's like, well, there's nothing that we could buy with that. Yeah. like <laughs> So we just keep saving, but we're, like, chasing a never-ending finish line, you know? We're currently trying to find um, just, like, a piece of land up north. Um and that's a even land is expensive god man i don't like okay this is absolutely insane when we were looking at a piece of land because we were just going to build our house originally um it was like seventy thousand for a piece of land like up north actually that's not bad right right now in the same area for the same acreage oh no is like well over 120 and i'm like guys it's what happened? just a fucking i would still have to fucking clear it i'd still have to get hydro run get yeah. wells in there like are you kidding me like so it's so because <laughs> we're we're starting to do that and then we're gonna do like an airbnb sort of deal eventually but we just That'd want, be cute yeah we just want a piece of land to sit on for a bit or like a trailer on there and then yeah but because oh i think you just need like a bathroom you know what i mean like yeah. uh, someone someone at work was saying they bought a piece of land and the the city or town or wherever they bought it from was like um if you don't put even an outhouse on it in like two years we're gonna like repossess the land basically yeah you just so they literally the went out bought an outhouse yeah <laughs> put it on the land yeah and we're just gonna build something ourselves, and that was our whole yeah. plan but now trying to find a piece of land that's in our budget range is insane so like that's just land like now yeah. think about housing it's like 10 times worse 
insane. Just kill us now. Um, when I like browse for houses, I put like the max amount. So like, let's just say I put four hundred twenty thousand dollars, and there'll be like ten results, and I'm like, oh, sick, because that's you don't see that yeah. nowadays. It's all land. Yeah. There's no house on it. No. It's land for four hundred thousand yeah. dollars. <laughs> and we want land on like water because it's easier. Even if it's just like a ravine, it's easier access to get water there. Yeah. You can't even find that anymore. It's fucking. It's I don't know. I'm. I'm maybe just gonna stay at my mom's house until she eventually gives up and sells it to me. I think that's my plan. <laughs> I'm gonna move to like the Yukon, you guys. Peace out. That's even better. Right. Or like the Maritimes. Or actually, the Maritimes gets too cold in the winter. Yo, fuck the Maritimes. They're so flat and boring out there. I'm sorry to everyone that listens out there, but like, <laughs> I've never been. So, I, so maybe that's why I have this like idea in my head. My cousin lives out there, and uh, he's like the taxes my papa's are great. from New Brunswick. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The taxes are great. Houses are cheap. Groceries are expensive, though. Fuck. Because everything's just, like yeah. flown in pretty much down there. Just, I just need to win the lottery someday. Yeah. I don't know. We're either gonna <laughs> win it or we're gonna steal it. That was our. Yeah, goal. we were saying that the other day. We're probably we probably have a better chance if we just rob the OLG head All office. Right. Watch it, guys. We're coming for if you. FBI, if you're listening, uh, I'm not gonna do I that. I don't think the FBI would give a shit. They're America. <laughs> And at this point, they have so much other shit on us. It's just like, we're fucked. <laughs> Good luck, girls. They'll probably, like, help us a bit just to see. Oh, my God. Yeah. Let's see how far they take this. <laughs> All the way, baby. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, now that that rant's done and someone just buy us houses and land, um, let's get into some, some murder. Yeah. Actually, some br- pretty brutal crimes uh i don't like this guy no. we're gonna start with that oh, wait, but this... we should have started with this episode is dedicated to katie because yeah i was just gonna get into that oh i'm sorry <laughs> i i was gonna say i just ran over you katie. you did with a fucking 18 wheeler I... no that's okay um but yeah she did like a huge part of our job for us by like requesting cases so we're like you know what? let's do it yeah let's have sometimes Picking what to do is, like, the hardest part. So, like, thanks for doing that for us. Especially, like, this week. I had a rough week with River because yeah. he's just fussy as hell. And uh, so, yeah, I wrote my script this morning and it's great. And I'm bouncy. I'm so honestly, it. like, so impressed with you that you got that done. Thank you. Everybody, round of applause for Danielle. Thanks. Small claps. I hope everybody clapped. I hope everybody actually clapped. Every time I think of, like, small claps, I just think of, like, an ant, like, trying to clap its fingers. Oh, my Your God. What fingers. did you do today? <laughs> not enough lack of sleep yeah it's just sleep deprivation guys (laughs) oh this is gonna be a good episode yeah um okay so today we're gonna talk about randall woodfield also known as the i-5 killer uh randall was born in salem oregon not the state i can't say salem oregon um in 19 massachusetts that one (laughs) um so he was Born in 1950 and grew up in a middle-class family with no real signs of abuse or mistreatment. Uh, In school, Randall was your stereotypical popular jock. He got good grades and was a natural athlete who gained the admiration of all of his coaches. Um, He was like the big star of the Newport High uh, football team. So he was like the... Yeah, the one everybody talked about, the one everybody wanted to be with, blah, blah, blah. I'm really stoked that like up here... like everyone just went to go watch like like i feel like we watched rugby more than we watched we watched football. yeah <laughs> but also we never took sports that seriously in high school maybe no. it was just us yeah <laughs> it could have been just us because we're like anti-social spot yeah <laughs> i think i went to one rugby game and that was like that yeah that the one where the welsh last. boys came that's right? always why we went that's literally yeah because the welsh boys yeah. came 
they have like, like a little frosty tips it was hilarious yeah it's great that was a good time yeah. um so this whole time that i was writing this i was kind of picturing chad michael murray in uh the cinderella story or whatever it's called with uh hillary duff never seen it oh my god why can't i remember the name of the movie isn't it called yeah, everybody Cinderella knows the story is it? Pretty, you is just it? said it. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that's what's called. I didn't know if that was the real yeah. name. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm picturing is just Chad Michael Murray, but evil. Um, so he later went on to play football at Portland State University, which is apparently a big deal. Um, while he was still in high school, though, he started to show signs of strange sexual behaviors. Um, it started off with him exposing himself, like jokingly with his friends. Um, and apparently people thought this was funny. It's just like a dumb thing that boys do. Um, I, I never showed you my vagina. I'm just... <laughs> No. <laughs> I should, apparently we missed a huge part of friendship apparently um, we haven't we haven't hit that level yet we're so backwards although the one time i always bring up we went camping once and i can't remember if we were drunk at this point but i'm gonna go with probably, probably. and i like tapped on danielle's tent and i was like are you decent she's like yeah come on in and i open the tent and it's just like her bare ass <laughs> she's like what i'm just putting on pants <laughs> I had underwear on. It's fine. <laughs> we we have a different uh, definition of the word decent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably the closest we've gotten. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, oh God, I don't even know where I was because I went so off topic there. Oh, yeah. Just thinking about so, my butt. That's all. That's, yeah, that's all I can think about now. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he eventually did get arrested in the 12th grade for exposing himself to a group of young girls. <laughs> Um, why is that like why do people do that i've never been able to wrap I my head around it no no one wants i think it's like the shock of it like you're i don't know yes, like i'm shocked to see someone's... your small dick in front of my face you're so yeah great. it's not like a good shock no. though i'm like upset that you did that <laughs> like it's not even good to look at like it's just so small yeah, like, yeah. get out of here see that's what that's what i'm saying uh this is so off topic but like strip clubs i i used to in my heyday go to like female strip clubs because it's so much nicer to see like a female body like i don't want anything flopping in front of my face in that manner you know what i mean she doesn't want to get hit by a worm in her face i don't want to get hit by <laughs> <laughs> it's just like women are built so much nicer you know it's true you got like you can't even argue that i'm sorry <laughs> This is going to be one of those episodes. It's going to be like a three-hour episode. Yeah, we're so off um, topic. So, yeah, he got arrested. Um, because America, his football coaches helped him cover up the crime as to not tarnish his university career. Oh. Cough, Brock Turner. I was just about to be like, oh, pre-Brock yeah. Turner. We have another. Yeah. Uh, okay. Another one. I don't know what it is with, like, America and athletes where they're like, no, we cannot tarnish their career. Watch we me, simply bitch. cannot. Watch me. Yeah. Um, so throughout his college years, he was arrested twice more for exposure. In August 1970, he was arrested again, but this time for breaking into and vandalizing an ex-girlfriend's apartment. Um, despite all of this, he was drafted by the Green Bay Packers in 1974. Shut up. And, yeah. That's my dad's favorite yeah. team. <laughs> Shut up, really? Yeah. <laughs> Ask him if he knows this one. Wait, he'll listen. Dad, do you know this one? Yeah, dad, let us know. Um, so he began his very short professional football career in 1974. He was let go midway through training camp for another complaint of indecent exposure. Um, at this point, he was up to 12 arrests and still no jail time. In early 1975, several women in the Portland area... I, 
I meant to write reported and it said reposted. Um, several women in the Portland area reported being attacked by a man holding a knife. The man would force them to perform sexual acts and then run off with their purses. Uh, Portland police set up a sting using female officers on the force as decoys. And on March 3rd, 1975, Randall robbed one of these cops and was arrested later that night after police found him with the marked bills in his possession. Um, so from what I gather, he like attacked this officer and then like ran off and they found him later. Um, in April of the same year, he pled guilty on a reduced charge of second degree robbery. He was sentenced to 10 years, but only served four before getting out on parole in 1979. On October 9th, 1980, a former classmate of Randall's named, I think it's Cherry. I don't know if it's Cherry or Cherie. Um, I'm going to go with Cherry, though. Cherry Ayers was raped and murdered in Portland. She suffered horrific injuries, including stab wounds to the neck. Uh, police brought Randall in for questioning because it just so happened that he attended his high school reunion after getting out on parole, where he had reconnected with Cherry. But he refused to sit for a polygraph. The detectives found him highly suspicious and said his answers were, quote, evasive and deceptive. Uh, they ran a blood sample, but it did not match the suspect DNA at the scene. So he was released without any charges and was never named an official suspect. Although, remember, this is only in 1980 at this point. I was going to say it's so long. They don't have a lot of shit back yep. then. Keep that in your noodle. Um, your word just, noodle. <laughs> just one what's that i need a nap <laughs> fucking same um just one month later darcy fix and doug altick were shot to death execution style in doug's apartment God. doug's 32 caliber revolver was missing from the home police had nothing to tie this murder to randall but they made note that darcy was an ex of one of randall's best friends so there was a slight connection there and they just overall didn't like randall which i agree with um on December 9th, 1980, a man wearing a fake beard held up a gas station in Vancouver, Washington. On December 13th, a man matching that same description held up an ice cream shop in Eugene, Oregon. The next day, a restaurant in Albany. A week after that, a restaurant in Seattle was robbed, but this time the suspect forced a waitress into the bathroom and sexually assaulted her. Just 20 minutes later, he was at another ice cream shop nearby taking money too. So fuck? in the span of like a week, he's hit up what five different places I just named, and they're all like um, low budget, th- like not low budget. Yeah, they they're not don't like carry a lot of money. So it's yeah, like, it's not like dollars. Walmart or whatever. I don't yeah. know if Walmart was around in the eighties. Awkward. Um, <laughs> I will say I'm pretty sure it was Sears, <laughs> like <laughs> Zellers. <laughs> um, at this point in his criminal career, he was known as the I five Bandit because all of these crimes happened along the same stretch of highway. All of these crimes reported the same basic description, a large, dark-haired man, but it seemed as though he was wearing a different disguise at every location. So he had, like, a fake beard, a mustache, sunglasses. Uh, Some people said he had, like, football tape across his nose. Um, So he just had, like, a whole bunch of disguises, but the basic description stayed the same throughout all of these reports. So he's not Uh, doing a very good job. He's not doing a very good job. (laughs) Uh, His spree continued into January, and he became more violent and perverted with each attack. On January 8th, he returned to the first gas station in Vancouver and this time forced the female employee to expose herself while he emptied the till. Uh, three days later, he dropped. He dropped. He robbed a market in Oregon and shot the clerk, wounding her. She survived, luckily. 
Um, on January 14th, he sunk to another level. He broke into a home where two young girls aged mm. 8 and 10 were home alone. He held them Why at were they them- home alone? 8 and 10 years old? What? I can't say I, thought, I was I felt... alone at 8 or 10, but like now I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've changed now that you have a kid. <laughs> yeah, and the world that the world that we live in is fucked, but like... Yeah, also that, yeah. Uh, I was talking to Carl about children, and I was like, I don't know if I could parent because I did so many stupid things that like if my kid came home and was like, I'm drunk as hell and I'm only 12, I can't get mad because I was also drunk as hell and only 12. I'd be like, like... same, but I'm still at home. <laughs> <laughs> hey. As long as he made it here, hey! <laughs> I mean, I ran across a highway at 16 years you old. You sure so. did. You yeah. sure did. That was not your best move. Nope. Um, so, yes, he uh, he broke into the home where the two young girls were home alone, and he held them at gunpoint while he assaulted them. Uh, luckily, they survived, but, you know, still a very heinous crime. Um, in Salem, four days later, he broke into... I think I just deleted something. Oops. Um, in Salem, four days later, he broke into an office building and forced two women to perform sexual acts before shooting them both in the head. Mm. Sherry Hull was killed instantly, but by some miracle, Beth Wilmot survived. She played dead just long enough for the suspect to leave the room, and then she called for help. So, smart. so this is when his name changed to the I-5 killer because this was his first confirmed murder victim. Yeah. Um, on February 3rd, 1981, Donna Eckerd and her 14-year-old daughter Janelle were found dead in their home in Mountain Gate, California. They were found in the same bed with several gunshot wounds to the head. Autopsy- bah, bah, bah. Autopsies would reveal that they had both been sexually assaulted. Um, that same day, a female clerk was kidnapped and assaulted after a robbery in Redding, California. So... That, yeah, this is what I was saying earlier. There was a whole string of attacks all following the same MO, uh, robbery, assault, and shooting. Literally, we would be here all day if I listed them all. It's insane how much he was able to get away with, with uh, without being caught. Um, one particularly bad day, February 12th, 1981, he managed to fit three hits into one day. Uh, there were robberies and sexual assaults reported in Vancouver, Olympia, and Bellevue, Washington. And it's taking every ounce of my fiber being not to make a Twilight joke because these are all mentioned in Twilight. Um, but yeah, so he's he's so progressing. <laughs> <laughs> he's progressing rapidly at this point and... It's it's baffling to me that no one has caught him at this point. Um, on February 15th, Julie Wrights, who had once dated Randall Woodfield, was shot and killed at her home in Beaverton, Oregon. By February 28th, investigators had narrowed in on Randall as their suspect. So we're like three years in now to was this like, killing spree. Like, this is three insane. years in. Yeah. And they're finally Very like, you know, work. this sketchy guy who used to flash people and and you know assaulted his ex-girlfriend or trashed her home or whatever he did he might be fishy we should probably look into him there's a lot of Um, connections with him but we'll wait we'll wait three years um so between uh february 15th and february 28th he had carried out three more attacks uh randall was interrogated on march 3rd 1981 after shooting victim beth wilmot 
um, uh, his questioning eventually led to a search of his apartment where they found the 32 caliber that was missing from Doug Altick's apartment. On March 7th, 1981, he was officially taken into custody after several more surviving victims pointed him out in the lineup also. So yes, that is what I said earlier. <laughs> um, by March 16th, indictments began pouring in from jurisdictions in Washington and Oregon, including multiple counts of murder, rape, and sodomy, attempted kidnapping, armed robbery, and possession of firearms by an ex-convict. In summary, he was fucked. Um... The courts in Salem got to persecute him first on charges of murder, attempted murder, and two counts of sodomy. He was found guilty on all counts on June 26, 1981, and was sentenced to life plus 90 years. By December 1981... (laughs) I just want to know who comes up with this. It's like, life, and then, no, I gotta add the 90 years. In case you die and come back... um... Your spirit (laughs) also has to stay here, bitch. Uh, The best part is, we're not done yet. So we're we're keeping it tally. Like here. I think it's amazing. I just think it's funny that they add that. Stuff oh, absolutely! On. I love the like salt to the wound aspect of yeah. it. Like especially when it's like so someone gets charged with murder, or whatever they get life in jail, but then they get charged with like another minor crime. Like yeah. I don't know possession of a firearm or something they're like oh 10 years for that yeah we're gonna add that on yeah i love that um so by december 1981 charges in benton county oregon had added 35 more years to randall's sentence after his arrest investigators began looking at his route along the i-5 a little more closely uh they followed his paper trails and phone calls and found a trail of victims that were missed during the initial investigation shock jeez Sylvia Durante was 21. She had been strangled in Seattle and dumped beside the highway in December 1979. 19-year-old Marsha Weeder and 18-year-old Kathy Allen had disappeared while hitchhiking along the I-5. Their bodies were discovered in May of 1980. There were also four victims in Huntington Beach, California, all killed around the same time that Randall claimed to be on vacation in the area. Oh, well, well. Altogether, he had a link to at least 13 murders. Um, Another article I read said there was up to 18 that he had a link to and hundreds of assaults and robberies. He was only ever convicted on the two murders. In 2006, good old modern DNA tied him to the murder of Cherry Ayers. In the 70s, when the crime occurred, actually it was like 79 slash 80, so I kind of lied there. Um, they could only match the blood type and nothing else. So initially like, they the didn't have a match. Point? Yeah. Like, you know how many like we're looking AD? for someone with type O. Well. Which is O positive is the most common blood type. Yup. <laughs> um i have the i have one of the special ones i have the one where i can give but i can't take or something like that oh negative yeah Me i have too. that one and so my mom we has any blood we can give each other blood <gasps> oh my god that's so cute right? oh how adorable are we i love that and then my mom has the other rare one the like a b something yeah some... she's a universal donor or something yeah. yeah i don't know fun fact of the day i think <laughs> positive is the universal donor isn't oh it? shit i don't know man yeah. i I just know that blood we're now blood hard. sisters. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, it's good to know if I ever ever get into a horrific accident or something, you got me. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I I'm just totally <laughs> kidding. <laughs> well, how much blood are we talking? Yeah. Um, God, sorry. So they could only match blood type at the time and nothing else. Um, while details are limited, Cherry's parents uh, never gave up on their fight to convict Randall of their daughter's murder. Cold 
Sorry, the cold case uh, department eventually reopened the case as DNA technology progressed, and Randall's DNA was tied to more murders along the I-5. Uh, so sure this time, was. <laughs> this time, uh, Cherry's parents uh, decided to r- run the DNA privately, and they found a match. Good. Um, so the Ayers family, along with Portland's district attorney, decided not to press charges as Randall was already behind bars for life plus 165 years at this point um but they did agree that if he ever came up for parole those charges would most definitely be pressed i'm too petty i would absolutely try to press those charges also like i pay taxes and i want my taxes to go towards something that petty yeah so yeah i feel that i fucking Mm -hmm. feel that like i get where they're coming from it's like well he's already there like maybe the cost of the lawyer or something i get that but like I'm, I'm petty yeah um so randall woodfield is currently 71 years old and being held at oregon state penitentiary um he has never ever ever admitted to his crimes shut the fuck up he did he not maintains his innocence he maintains his innocence and i hope he rots for all 165 of those years i hope like when he gets on like death's door they just keep him alive oh my god that's so funny just mm-hmm. like not a vegetative state because i want him to be conscious and know that he's suffering but i just that case blew my mind because there were so many crimes like so many so many robberies so many assaults like and it took them that long to and so many red flags (laughs) yeah to be like so many people in his history are randomly dying and getting assaulted and being robbed like what and i can't help but wonder if um if the football coaches never bailed him out after that first arrest could it have spared these people like yeah. would he would he still progress to this stage or would they have been able to get him the help he needs i don't like saying that because he's a murderer but like you never know like that that help at that time could have changed how he turned out yeah but also not even the fact that also that he like his coaches bailed him out he just assumed he could get away with it all and he did yeah. for so long so and he did yeah yeah that's a good idea and that's um i was gonna say something about criminal minds earlier and i couldn't remember exactly what the terminology was but as their sort of ego grows as they're like uh uh-huh, you're not gonna mm-hmm. catch me the crimes get worse and worse and mm-hmm. more rapid and you could see that pattern in him where he started like you know just flashing people and then just robbing people and then oh he's gonna also like make them expose themselves while he's robbing them like it was a slow build and then all of a sudden it was just like a clusterfuck like three crimes in one day yeah like three different locations in one day like he was chasing that high like there were so many red flags at the beginning and yeah. look what happened. I just I just can't help but wonder like if if football wasn't such a fucking big deal, you know, what would have happened? Um he probably would have gone to Juvie. Yeah. Done some time, found Jesus, who knows. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, football fucking go team. Yeah, fuck. Woo. Woo. I wonder if Brock Turner is going to be a serial killer now oh god hmm interesting i think he's so um so well known at this point that i feel like if anything he's just gonna be a hermit you yeah. know what i mean like he people know him too much now i hope he never gets a job i was just gonna say can you imagine applying for a job like he'd have to change his name yeah 
I feel like at that point, like, you shouldn't legally be allowed to change your name if you've committed a crime like that. I agree. I agree, actually. Like, too fucking bad. Yeah. Deal with the consequences. Yeah. Like, Casey You didn't Anthony. have to the first time. Yeah. Like, Casey Anthony. <laughs> and uh, what's her name? The one that uh, works with children now? Um, oh, Carla Hamoka? Carla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, that rubs me such in the wrong way. Mm, like, I cannot believe that. <sighs> man. Fuck, man. I hate that case so much. It bothers me. Me too. All right. Should we get into... It's not really spooky. It's just another serial killer. Oh, is it? Yeah. There's spooky aspects to it, and I talk about the spooky parts of it, but it's a serial killer, so... Fun. Yeah. Um, So we're going to talk about Delphine LaLaurie. Um, So she was, like, one of those main characters of American Horror Story. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I guess she is kind of like a serial killer. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. That makes sense. And she... uh, Is she the one in the season with the witches? Yes. 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 Maybe. The one they're in New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um. So she's a piece of fucking work. Let's just (laughs) say that out there. And like the shit she got away with makes me so mad. Like it's so annoying. Um, So so I would say Katie did a good job picking subjects because we both had the same general reaction to our subjects. (laughs) Yeah. And Katie said that she would like me to do like like to see the history on this girl because she's mm-hmm. at work and i'm like yo katie you know us so danielle you. loves her history i do love my history never went to history class but loves her history <laughs> I, I the only time i went to the history class is because of my history teacher and that's about it i i got like a 20 in history i can't even dude i got 11 <laughs> i think i got 11 in everything so <laughs> the worst ever was in english i had a seven percent which is like isn't that like your favorite subject yes and it's like my my forte and i just didn't give a shit <laughs> like fuck it man high school is a waste of time it is anywho um so th- some people pronounce it delphine and some p- people pronounce it delphini so this bitch i like delphine We're gonna i go just, with that just, let's go with this bitch just call her deli <laughs> deli meat fuck that <laughs> um so she was actually born marie delphine mccarthy on march 19th 1787 um so she's born into like a pretty deep pocketed family in new orleans her father louis bartholomew um de de de, de i don't Ooh. know mccarthy <laughs> katie just wanted to see me suffer <laughs> was knighted as the chevalier of the royal and military order of st louis or st louis um so- <laughs> oh i forgot to tell you someone commented on our post saying it's fuck one of them is incorrect but like how do you say it by typing it she like she she did it phonetically hold on I'll okay see if I can find it quick that's actually really funny and thank you for calling me out on my shit i meant i meant to tell you that and i just again have not sat down all week that's funny. um it's never saint louis so it's saint, saint louis? louis okay yeah. and she spelt it L O O E E E. So we knew phonetically. So thank you, Claire. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling me out on my shit. But I said it twice, so it's fine. I think that's the first time someone's actually called you out on pronunciation. <laughs> you so get a prize. <laughs> so it's St. Louis? Yes. Okay, cool. St. Louis, Missouri? Should I just say it just for fun? St. Louis? No. Just do it, yeah. Just, yeah, that's fine. Um, so basically most of the men in her family were of military background. They also had a lot of land and had about 1,344 acres between oh, Salomon wow. and Independence. Yeah. See um, if you can get one from them. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly what I want. 
Um, so this property held a plantation, so as I said, deep pockets. So Delphine had a few marriages. Her first was to... Yeah. I love that. She had a few marriages. Just a few. Um, to Her first marriage was to uh, Ramon Lo- Lopez Angula de la Chandlara. Let's yeah. go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> Um, so she was 14 year old, 14 years old when she married this 35 year old widow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, he was an officer of the Spanish crown. And after his wife passed away during a trek from Spain to Louisiana, um, he decided to marry this 14 year old, just casual. Yeah. So they married on June 11th, 1800. At the time, it said that Ramon was pissed at the crown as he blamed them for the death of his wife. Apparently the crown sent them on like a trip during like the bad weather month. And he mm-hmm. re- requested to not go, but they denied it. And then, yeah, she, like, died on the trip. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of shit that went down. Um, but five years later, he was returning from France to Havana. Ooh, nah, t- nah. <laughs> oh, when I was writing this, thought, <laughs> just kept singing that song in my head. Um, at the time, Delphine was pregnant. Uh, so he was at returning. 14. To- at 14. Yep. Oh, no, this was five years later. So. Oh, oh or okay. 19. so at 19. We're at 19. Oof. Yeah. Um, so he was returning to her as she was, like, almost due. Um, so they were to meet in Havana and then travel to New Orleans together. On January 11th, 1805, Ramon's ship hit a sandbar and he was killed just off the oh, shores no. of Havana. Yeah. Um, so Delphine gave birth and to a daughter um, and named um, the daughter Marie Delphine Francesca Borgia Lopez and the rest of his last name. Um I don't know if she had enough names. No, so apparently he she named um so it's partially her name and then yeah. also his dead's dead wife's name as well. Like that's kind of nice. Um, I don't know. But like a little it's weird. A little, I think it's weird to me. Yeah. Um yeah, so she um gave birth, had her daughter baptized and then buried her husband all within like a week of each other. Wow. Yeah, so she returned to New Orleans and during her journey back to New Orleans um, she found out that New Orleans was no un, no longer under, like, Spanish, like, French rule. It was now uh, under an American ownership. So that all changed in the span of how many years she was with this guy. Um, so on March 19th, 1807, Delphine, she was around 20-ish, uh, married another widow, uh, Jean-Paul Blanc. Uh, two weeks prior to her marriage, Delphine's mother passed away and divided her estate between Delphine and her two other children. Um Jean was a businessman and also a piece of shit. (laughs) At the time, he was active in the slave trade and a business associate to um, Jean and Pierre Lafitte, who were like some notorious pirates. I didn't look into them because that's not part of the story. Um, Uh, So for context, if any of this is repeated or we sound out of breath, it's because we just have to listen to Stuart battle the baby shitting. (laughs) It was the best thing i've ever i literally like there's tears in my eyes we will we'll post like a blooper reel and it's just gonna be us laughing for literally a solid Stuart 10 just minutes. screaming in the background <laughs> he's he i literally thought he said something's wrong and i was Same. like what happened yeah i was like did you drop the baby like and then what's... i just hear danielle laughing <laughs> okay so if any of this sounds weird we're sorry not yeah. really <laughs> i'm just really out of breath right now my lungs got a really good workout oh god that was good that okay. was good okay delphini yeah so um oh my god uh 
Yeah, so her, um, or Jean, John, John, whatever the fuck I said before, (laughs) just arrived in New Orleans when he heard of Delphine's inheritance. She got $33,000, a plantation, and 52 slaves from her mother. That's how nice. Amazing. Yeah. Um, So he was like, okay, sick. This makes for a good dowry. Um, So once married, Delphine's dad gifted them another plantation and 26 more slaves. So. I hate that, like, people were a a present. Like, I hate that. Like, that's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Um, So he ended up almost, or so he ended up buying a townhome next door to a bank that he worked at. By 1815, they had five kids. Oh, uh, wow. So Yeah. So Jean ended up dying around the same time frame of 1815. I think it was like a year or two after. Um, he was 50 and she was 28. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Delphine had to settle his estate and he owed a shit ton of money. Um, so at the time, it was 160K, which is over oh, 2. Wow. 2.5 million now. Yeah. Yeah. So Delphine had to forfeit mutual assets and auctioned off a lot of property in his name. Her stuff was kind of like safe and she kept like her personal property out of it from like being auctioned off. Um, but all the property, um, which included all of like the servants. Um, however, she uh, bought some of these servants back at auction, which is weird <laughs> because... <laughs> Like, I'm, I'm not laughing because it's funny. It's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, she's a piece of work, let me tell you. Um, so, though, at that auction, those people that she purchased ended up dying in a span of five years, and their deaths were unknown at the time. Um, so, basically, she almost lost everything until her dad died. And again, woohoo, inheritance. Um, <laughs> so, this all happened in a span of, like, ten years. So, and then in 1825, Delphine was considered a woman of wealth and all that dumb shit. And then she met Dr. Louis LaLaurier, or LaLaurie, sorry, who moved to New Orleans to open, like, a chiropractic chiropractic business. Um, so she met him because one of her kids needed some chiropractic work and a lot. I didn't know chiropractors were around for that long, I think honest. it was just, like, a... He wanted to open a business. It was more of, like, a medicinal kind of... Yeah. Um... They say it's chiropractic. I don't know what it was back then, but it's on the, the same line sort of. Deal. Yeah. That's um, kind of cool, actually. Yeah. So um, they ended up like hooking up because of this and she ended up getting knocked up out of wedlock. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So she was 38 by this time and he was only 25. Um, so she gave birth to a son, Jean. Yeah. Oh, Jean- after her ex? <laughs> after her ex. Jean-Louis Leonard Lalori. Um, and five months after they worked up like a marriage contract that dated it before the son was born. So it made it look <laughs> like they were married. So he wasn't born out of wedlock. But they didn't actually get married. They did end up getting married, but oh. like legally, but they forged the date on it. Oh. So it wouldn't like ruin her like social status, basically. Yeah. Sneaky. Uh, yeah. So there were letters from friends that kind of stated how their marriage was, um, which was fucking toxic. They always fought, but the letters also mentioned that Delphine was absolutely cruel to her slaves. Um, so this is where the rumors started to spread where Delphine started was, like, abusing people. Um, in 1831, Delphine bought a three-story mansion in the French Quarter of New Orleans. It's located on 1140 Royal Street, and it's still there today. Um, sorry, sort of bang. As I said, <laughs> this gross fuck kept slaves um, that she used as servants. I use that term very loosely. Yeah. They're basically tortured. Um, apparently in the public eye, she was extremely nice to them. She even um, had two of them, like, 
what they call like she like freed them in a way um in 1819 and 1832 but it was all just an act because people are like why is she being so nice to her servants um so at the time new orleans did have laws that protected people and like servants from cruel punishment and that's about as far as it went though but you Um, can still keep them yeah you can still (laughs) keep them you can still buy them and auction people off because that's so stupid it's ridiculous uh so rumors spread that delphine kept uh the cook in her home chained to the stove um Yes, she let her husband practice hating voodoo medicine on some of the servants, but it was also said she, like, even abused her kids. So if her kids went to go help the servants, she would abuse them just as bad. Um, So everyone in the home pretty much wasn't safe. Um, Apparently one man who was working in the home was so terrified of being punished by Delphine that he actually jumped out the third story window. So he would rather die than be tortured by her. Um, After this, Delphine cemented that room's window shut. Oh, and wow. It's still like that today. It's still like that. That's creepy. Yeah. So she also had a 12 year old girl named Leah working in the home. Apparently, this girl was brushing Delphine's hair, but brushed it too hard. And so she lost her shit and started hitting her. Um, so this 12 year old girl was then chased to the roof where she ended up falling off and dying. Oh, my God. Yeah. Delphine tried to cover it up and hide the girl's body in a well. Some people say it was a well, but some people say she like she tried to hide it by burying her on the property. Two sides of the story. Um, either way, she killed this yeah. 12-year-old girl. Um, so police did find um, her and end up finding Delphine. And it was a whole $300 a three hundred dollar fine yeah and then my she, god yeah and then they made her sell her servants um which get that get, get this so she bought them back so what they were like you can't have servants anymore because you're cruel to them so you have to sell them so she sold them and but she had family members purchase them and bring them back to the mansion oh my and the police god. were just like meh meh it's fine yeah. Then on April 10th, 1834, there was a fire at the mansion. This opened up the doors to the fucking torture chamber that Delphine had in her home. So as I said before, Delphine kept a seven-year-old cook chained up to the stove. And during this fire, the wo- the woman was found still chained to the stove. Aww. She was rescued while Delphine was busy saving the furniture in her home. So instead of saving these people, she was like, my furniture. Um, the fire actually started because of this woman that was chained to the, the stove. She started it in hopes to reveal Delphine's torture. It worked. Initially, the townsfolk had showed up to help Delphine collect her valuables. Was that a bird? That's my dog. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a bird. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to collect her valuables so they wouldn't burn down. Um, but in doing so, they found more people chained up in the attic. Seven people were found tied up with spiked iron collars. Wow. All had scars displaying the horrific things that were put that they were put through. Um, some were even, like, hanging from the ceiling. It was fucking oh, brutal. Wow. Yeah, it was fucking brutal. And I'm not going into, like, further detail of it because a lot of it's really graphic. Um, but if you can, like, look it up what these people went through, it's, it's disgusting. She's gross. Um... So the neighbor of Delphine was a judge and he was there to help when someone told him of what they found in, they found up in the attic, all these people chained up. So the judge asked Delphine's husband to release them and take them to safety. And apparently he replied with, and I quote, there are those who would be better employed if they would attend to their own affairs instead of officiously intermeddling with the concerns of other people. So he's like, it's fine. My house is on fire. I don't care. That sounds like fancy talk for I'm an asshole. Yeah. 
So the judge was like, fuck you, basically. And him, alongside with the people that were initially helping, like, get the stuff out, shifted and started smashing everything in the home. Oh, wow. Yeah. So windows, doors, valuables, all were being targeted. Everything was getting ransacked. Um, It eventually turned into, like, a mob of, like, angry fucking people just because they didn't like how they found these poor people chained up. Um, So during all of this, Delphine and her husband escaped. So apparently one of her servants actually liked her for some reason, and they brought a carriage around to help her escape. Um, Apparently some people from the mob noticed her trying to escape and actually tried to stop her by pulling out of the carriage, but at last didn't didn't work. Yeah. It's rumored she got in a boat and fled to Paris. Uh, Safe to say her reputation was ruined, and she knew it and never returned to New Orleans, or at least didn't return under her her, original name. Uh, She wasn't seen from or heard from again. Uh, some say she stayed in Paris, but some say she returned to New Orleans under a new name and just began her torture all over again. So multiple stories. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also said she died in Paris on December 7th, 1849. There was no cause of death, but um, suspected some illness um, due to like letters between her and her daughters. But if whatever illness it was, I hope she fucking suffered. Yeah. Long and slow death. Yeah. Preferably. So- in total, she killed 62 people without wow. ever being charged. No one wow. knew until that fire. 62 people. And they, like... And there was, like, cruel deaths. Like, like they would... She would, like, like saw into their heads. Uh, like, cut off their arms and just let them sit there and get, like like oh like rot basically basically like, not yeah. to be gross but yeah god that's brutal i don't know what i thought her story was but like it wasn't that yeah because <laughs> in the american horror story they kind of like combined her story and oh my god what the hell is her name the other notorious female serial killer uh i forgot her name but she used to use people's blood as a way to yeah yeah, yeah. uh uh I want to say it's like the Bathory count- or something. Yeah, the, ba- yeah. the Countess Bathory. Elizabeth Bathory yeah, or something. Yeah, that's it. I, I did an episode on her. Yeah. But yeah, they kind of combined both stories Yeah, together. so I was kind of, I thought it was similar to that. I did not know it was quite that brutal. Yeah. That's fucking awful. She basically had a torture chamber in her own house and no one fucking knew it because she put on an act when she went outside. Yeah. yeah. That's some narcissistic behavior right there. Yep. So now the mansion is on many tours of New Orleans' most haunted places. I'm not sure if you can, like, tour the inside, um, but, like, you know how they do, like, the street tours and stuff? Yeah. It's on almost all of them. Um, there were reports dated back 200 years saying this home is haunted and, extreme and like, extreme paranormal activity um, considering the torture that went down there and the deaths. But I don't see it not not being haunted like it's, it's definitely really, fucking haunted yeah it's like a really negative space i'm guessing yeah. it's not like one of those nice haunting places you know yeah. so there is reports of footsteps being heard in the room where people were chained up there are also screams and painful painful moans being heard as well in 1894 it was basically turned into like apartments at the time like you could rent out a room um and one of the tenants was actually murdered in his room his yeah his place was ransacked but didn't look like anything was really taken kind of like it was like like it was like set up to make it look like a robbery yeah Yeah. um so when police were talking to the neighbors about it just trying to get some info um they had talked to a neighbor and his neighbor was saying um this guy was having problems in the home and kept saying there were spirits in his house um he had he also said that there was a demon in the apartment and this demon wouldn't go away until he was dead 
Interesting. Yeah. So before I end it, because that's all all I have, there is a weirdly weird fun fact, I guess, in this whole story. Um, apparently Nicolas Cage owns this home. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> <laughs> he owned the home at one point. He wow. bought it so he could write a novel in there because he knew it was haunted and he believes in all of that. And so he yeah. was like, it's haunted as fuck. I'm going to write a horror novel. And so That's he bought it. Nick Cage thing. Yeah, but he never finished the novel and I'm pretty sure he sold it. So I want to know what he saw. Right. Was he just like spooked? Or was he just on a lot of drugs? Or <laughs> what a wow. character! But what a yeah. brutal story! It's, it's fucking brutal. I I can't. I don't know she got what I. Th- it. I thought it was like a like a witchcrafty type story, but no. it's like not at all. No, she's wow. just uh, she was just a rich socialite who murdered people. They like they framed it differently in American Horror Story, and I know that's what they do, but like it gave me such a different idea. Yeah. Um, but wow, She's, that was a lot. This was yeah. this was a dark episode. <laughs> right? I'm not the biggest fan of that one. I hated writing this up. Ep- well, I shouldn't say that. I didn't hate writing that episode. I just don't like her. She pisses me off. It's hard to talk about. It yeah. is very hard to talk about. I and do really like- want to go to New Orleans one day, though. Not necessarily just for her house, but just in general. Isn't it's that where like- they have Mardi Gras? Hell yeah. yeah I was like, <laughs> want uh, me some jerry beads. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I just like the, the sort of ghosty history they have there and all the like voodoo magic so and spooky, all that. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to go there. And the food apparently is bomb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's such a like, a like a very, very spooky atmosphere. It's like, kind constantly. of like, it's kind of like um, Salem in a way, but like different. Like it's more of a, a rich culture, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like there's more history behind it kind of. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's on my bucket list and has been forever. We're going. We're gonna. Yeah. I won't wear well, any pants. It'll be fun. <laughs> I we gotta get our jerry beads. I'll do it. Um so yeah, thank you uh, again to Katie yeah. for those suggestions. This was you pissed us both off <laughs> yeah. with this. Neither of us were very happy. No, I'm kidding. We enjoyed it. It's just, you know, you picked uh you picked some good cases, let's yeah. just say that. <laughs> and you made me stumble in all of my words and I appreciate it. <laughs> she's like let's pick words that we know she definitely can't pronounce yeah so if you want to come yell at me more about how i speak on instagram (laughs) we have instagram it's a spooky hour podcast you can find us on twitter at spooky hour and you can email us the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com that's it man that's all we got that's all we got until next time friends yeah stay spooky Bye. bye